0: Hello, hello, my lovely audience, it's Nat, Natalie Naturally Ryan, and today, we are here with another podcast, you know it, um, I'm actually super pumped, I was looking at my podcast analytics, and I have so many listeners in so many different countries, so if you're one of my listeners, in the two newest countries who have been added to the list, which are Spain and Canada, hi, love you, you're great, so, <laughs> um, today, I am... I'm gonna give you a quick update on my life, what's going on, you know, all those cool things about me. And then we are gonna talk about relationships, anxiety about relationships, and staying healthy in a digital age where a lot of us are probably still in quarantine. Um, My quarantine anniversary comes up March 13th. That was the last day that I was out in public in like quote unquote normal life. Um, And you know, that's taken a toll on me, not gonna lie. Thinking about how I've been in here a year really kind of messes me up a bit. But, um, it's okay, because I'm gonna get through it, I'm gonna, it'll be fine. I have a YouTube video planned around it, which, by the way, if you're not subscribed to my YouTube channel, uh, naturally, Ryan, what are you doing? Go subscribe. You get to see my face and hear my voice at the same time. Um, updates, I've been going through a bout of eye strain from the amount that I use computers and technology, because basically every day for work I'm on at least one Zoom call, um, Usually it's more. It's probably closer to, like, two or three, sometimes four Zoom calls a day. Uh, and it's taking a toll on my eyes. My, I can feel it. Like, my left eye is kind of weirdly blurry um, and kind of just hurts a little bit. I hope I don't need glasses again. I used to wear glasses when I was younger, but uh, I don't want to go to an optometrist during a pandemic. I don't want to go anywhere during a pandemic. Especially because where I live, the mask mandate was just lifted, so that's great. Um, so I am... This is going to probably be a shorter episode than either you or me think. Uh, and that's just because I want to have my vision. I don't want to be staring at my desktop computer in the dark like I usually do. Because it's hurting my eyes. So, that's what we're doing. Um, what else has been going on? I've been just, you know, working through school, just trying to get things done. I've been posting a lot more of my art. Um, and that's partially because, like... I am trying to spend less time on technology, so I'm, like, doing more visual art, and then I just post it really quick on Instagram, and then I leave, and I don't look at anything else on Instagram. <laughs> but yeah, I, other than that, I, I really don't have tons and tons going on, that's why I decided to make another podcast episode, and that's because that me like, it gives me something to do. Mm. And yeah, I hope that y'all are doing okay. I hope y'all are having a, a good, a grand old time living your life. So today, I want to talk about relationships and anxiety. Um, and I want this to cover all sorts of relationships, romantic, platonic, etc, etc. Just because I feel like it's something that doesn't get talked about enough. And you'll understand what I mean when I get more into the topic. But basically, I feel like people... Who don't have anxiety don't understand what it's like to be anxious in a relationship like you can worry about your partner cheating on you but you can worry about like if they're doing okay if it, like you can worry about that stuff in a somewhat healthy degree if you find yourself worrying about that all the time probably not a healthy relationship but when you have anxiety at least in my case in romantic relationships it takes a lot to not always be fearful of something Because a lot of the times, anxiety will generally prey on not just your feelings of safety, obviously, but like um, a lot of the times you'll find yourself second-guessing things that people tell you. Um, And in my case, many times in in romantic relationships or when someone has told me that they've liked me, they've had a crush on me, whatever, they tell me this, and my brain automatically says they're lying to you, they feel badly for you, they pity you, so they're going to say that they like you so that you feel better about yourself. Um, not a healthy mindset. Want to say that right now. The first boyfriend I ever had first serious relationship I ever had, I remember when he told me that he liked me, I told him to his face. I told him that I was afraid that he was doing this out of pity, that he told me that he liked me out of pity because I had never had a boyfriend and I had never been kissed, etc. And he was like, no, like that's that is sadistic why would I do that and I was like I don't know but in my brain that's what I feel like is a plausible reality clearly it was not plausible it was not the reality but that sort of anxiety really colored that relationship in a light for a long time and then um this is someone that I actually dated long distance for almost a year or two um and it was even worse then Because every single time he wouldn't talk to me for a day, for a week, for a month, whatever, like, I, my brain would go to the worst possible conclusion, which would be like, oh, he's dead, oh, he's got some sort of illness, oh, he hates me, oh, he doesn't love me anymore, like, and it was generally a daily fight, and I could feel that sort of weight, like, on myself because I I realized I was getting way more emotional. Um, I realized I was, I was fighting with people more, like just being kind of argumentative. And that's generally not like me. I don't like being argumentative. I don't like being mad. Um, and even my parents would point out like, Oh, your demeanor totally shifts when he sends you a message. Um, and that sort of thing, like I hated, I hated that comparison. I hated realizing that because it made me it made it feel like I was reliant on a man, which I am reliant on no man. Thank you very much. Um, I'm reliant on no one. I am here. I'm independent. Thank you. Thank you. So <laughs> hearing those things and hearing people that I love tell me that I was a different person when I hadn't spoken to my significant other was painful. It was so painful. And many times, a lot of my friends who also have anxiety, because for some reason, people, people with anxiety flock together, um, they've told me that They also have similar fears. Sometimes they wonder if a person still loves them or still likes them or still thinks they're attractive or if they've found someone and they've moved on. And here's the thing. I have realized that I've let people prey on that anxiety in those relationships and use it to their advantage. People who have abused me in very, very real ways because they saw my anxiety, recognized it, and took advantage of it. Which is an awful thing, right? Like that's so bad. It's so bad, but it's something that happened and it's something that I can't pretend didn't happen. Um, and so going forward, I know that I need to be a lot more aware of my anxiety and how it affects my relationships. And this is something that I would like you to do as well. Even if you don't have an anxiety disorder, I want you to think, what are my fears in a relationship and what actions are coming out of those fears? Because like, for example, I would always fear that someone was cheating on me so scared of that so scared of that and then when it did happen it was a detriment to my world but like being scared of someone cheating led me to do these big grand gestures um seemingly out of nowhere like these giant facades of love or i would say I was comfortable with something when I really wasn't because I was like, well, if I don't do this, then that gives this person a reason to cheat. That's not real. That's not a real thing. And if someone cheats on you because you won't go outside of your comfort zone in a way that you're not ready for, don't be with them, hun. Break up with them. Dump them. Because they're not good for you. Life lessons here on the podcast today. So, um, continuing on, I think that just be aware of that. Like, I would always be afraid that they would find someone better than me. So I would try to show off in certain ways. Um, or I would try to show them and try to get them involved in my art and my life. And people should be very much involved in that. But you also need to understand what things... You're allowed to keep things to yourself. Crazy, crazy notion. Like, yeah, yeah. You shouldn't lie to your partner. You should be honest and truthful with your partner. But that doesn't mean that you need to incorporate them into every single thing. A-, a healthy relationship is one that also offers each person space. And also lets them have their own interests. Have their own lives. A relationship shouldn't be about taking away your entire like autonomy. It should be about you two deciding that you care enough about each other every day to pick each other and to choose each other and to be in love with one another um and to make it work even if your lives are different that's the point (laughs) that's it (laughs) Um, so I think, just think about how your fears, how your subconscious things, the things that weren't met when you were a kid, like if you were constantly trying to get your parents' attention and you didn't feel like you were given enough attention, a lot of the times that can translate to you trying to show off for a partner, which can be like fun. Like sometimes it's, sometimes it's fun to have someone like show off cool things they can do to you. Other times it feels suffocating. Um, so be aware of that. The other thing is that anxiety can deeply impact friendships. And boy, do I have stories to tell on this. Um, (laughs) Many of my friendships. um, So I'm friends with a lot of people who aren't in America. And the reason for this is just because I'm on a lot of like pen pal websites or I'm just... I'm in a lot of fandoms online that have a really big international presence. And because I love people, I... Or even, like, I've got a lot of friends who aren't even in the same state as me in America. And so, because of this... Because I have a lot of friends in a lot of different places... Um, I haven't met them in person. I know they're real people, but I haven't met them in person. And that's because of the global pandemic happening. But also because I could not afford a plane ticket right now. Um... And so the way that I see these people and talk to these people is we message a lot. And I've noticed that I'm a crappy friend sometimes, a lot of the time. Um, And it's not a crappy friend as in I try to like manipulate them. I try to use them. I try to gain something. It's I'm a crappy friend as in I will read a message and then not respond for four days or a week or four weeks. Um, And I'm sorry about that to my dear friends listening. Sometimes it's just me. It's really not you. It's me. Because sometimes I can feel a relationship, like a friendship Like I want to be close with that person and so I'll tell them things But then I, I panic because I'm like, oh I've told them too much and now they're going to leave Because every time I tell people this much they leave um, I'll get to that point, and so I'll back off and I'll avoid them Anxious avoidant type relationship beat, you know um, And so what will happen then is that This person assumes I don't like them anymore and we stop talking and then I'll be like, oh, I feel guilty. Hi, how you doing? And check up on them. But then it's like starting from square one all over again. It's like we're back to very base level conversations of like, oh, how was your day? Fine, fine, okay, cool. Like, and I don't like that. I don't like forever being in small talk phase. But especially in quarantine, I've noticed that because I worry about losing friends, um, because I worry about losing the friend group I do have here in my state, I panic, and I will overshare. I'm a criminal oversharer, so I will overshare. I mean, that's what this whole podcast is, right? It's me oversharing, but to the internet. Um, I will overshare and overshare and overshare forever. And then suddenly when I'm, like, I get the slightest bit of kickback where they're not, like, immediately on board to hear about my trauma, I'm just like, oh, they hate me. Okay, I'm never gonna, no, I can't, I've, I've embarrassed myself, I'm a fool. So to my dear friends... Um, my dear friends in China, my dear friends all across America, my dear friends in Europe, I am so sorry. It's not you, it's me. Sometimes I just get stupid and anxious. The other awful thing is sometimes I'll read messages and then I won't respond for like a day because I'll be like, oh, it's super late in their time zone. I'll respond in the morning. And then I wake up and in the morning I'm depressed and I'm like, oh, well, I'm not going to talk to anyone, including my own family. Um, and so then I don't respond. And then like, Three weeks later, I'll look at my phone and they'll be like, Oh my God, (laughs) I forgot to talk to you for a month. And I'm so sorry about that. I'm so sorry. When you have anxiety and you're in any close relationship, platonic, familial, romantic, whatever, um, I don't think people realize that there is a need for reassurance, that you're doing okay, that you're doing it right. A lot of people with anxiety are perfectionists, right? I mean... I know I am. And I know many other people who are. And so a lot of us worry that if we don't, if we're not perfect, if we're not exactly what you need in a relationship, people are going to move on. They're going to move on fast. Um, They're going to find someone else. Even my best friend who has heard me talk about this for years now, sometimes I'll still have to be like, hey, do you hate me? And she'll be like, no, why would I hate you? And I'll be like, I don't know you responded to a text with a period and so I just assumed that you hated me now and here's the thing to, to the outside world that's exhausting and it's like ugh why do you need so much attention why do you need so much reassurance but on the inside I don't generally ask people these questions I don't say hey do you hate me hey are we still friends unless I have sat and just thought about this for hours and I've felt that tension that anxiety build up within me I don't I don't talk about this. I don't ask people questions until I'm so far in my own head that everything hurts to think about. Which sucks. Let me tell you, it sucks. It's not good. It's not healthy. I know that. But the the craziest thing is I can know it's not healthy and then still engage in the activity. I mean, smokers know that it's not good to smoke cigarettes, yet they they still smoke like you know these things but sometimes you can contradict your own wants i don't want to be anxious i'm anxious because of deeply rooted trauma and coping mechanisms that were so ingrained in me as a child that now it translates to generalized anxiety that's what it is i have to come to terms with that I don't know if my anxiety will ever fully go away i know that there are periods in my life when it's easier to deal with and i know there are periods in my life like quarantine where it's way harder to deal with and i can be open about that and i can be honest about that but i i know that to my friends who don't understand and my friends who don't know because i'm not going around just being like hey everyone i've got an anxiety disorder no matter what this podcast makes it sound like um I really don't do that Uh, most people don't actually know I have a diagnosed anxiety disorder most people don't know I was diagnosed with dyslexia like people just don't know it because I don't bring it up like if it's not pertinent I'm not gonna bring it up there's no point Um, so most people don't know but to the friends who don't understand because they don't know about the anxiety they don't know about the trauma they don't know about the history when I suddenly am ignoring them. And I'm not necessarily meaning to. It's just that every form of intrapersonal communication is just so taxing on me as a person. Like, I don't have the energy to talk to people. They can take that as a sign of me not liking them. And that's not what that means. Actually, funny thing, funnily enough, if I avoid you, that probably means I like you more. Because I don't want to annoy you with my presence. And so I will only message you sparingly. Um, just fun fact (laughs) not a healthy fact but a fun one I wouldn't even say it's a fun fact I'm just gonna say it's a fact and I I wish people understood that I wish people understood that it's not easy and that a lot of the times I've gone through 17 stages of emotional suffering before I've asked them to reassure me that they don't hate me I wish people understood that but no one, people aren't going to unless they have an anxiety disorder unless they have some sort of mental health issue that makes them hurt in this way and i know that um i know that very well and so like to my friends i <laughs> the strangest thing is when you are friends with someone who is mentally ill as well and you two will forget to respond to each other's messages for like months and then suddenly you'll be like "Kay, back from the depressive episode how's it going fam And then you're like, oh, wow, we were depressed at the same time. Look at that. So it's a funny little irony that the universe has. Funny little coincidences just scattered about for us to find. That's really the biggest issue for me right now. And I, I feel like now that I have a steady and consistent job and I'm going to school more often, the new problem is that a lot of my emotional and social energy is wasted or spent i'm not going to say wasted i'm going to say spent is spent at school and work because at at work i have to meet with parents and i have to meet with with youth like kids a little younger than me um every week to talk about things that we're doing in the community to help solve mental health issues i have to meet with my bosses i have to meet with different professionals around the state and i'm i'm only 18. (laughs) i'm 18 and these people are like they have clinical licenses they have doctorates like these people are smart these people know what they're doing (laughs) and I am a newbie I I've not even been working there a year yet and yet I am holding my own in these professional settings which on one hand like go me awesome Um, on the other hand It takes away a lot of the social and emotional energy I have hearing about all of these people going through these terrible things, hearing about ways that the system is failing parents across the state. Like, that's terrible. And that makes me sad, and I feel that very deeply in myself. But then, I also have to meet with people, and I have to put on this facade. Not really a facade, but I have to be a slightly more energetic, slightly more professional version of myself. And yes, I can do that, but when you're doing that, two zoom calls, three zoom calls, four zoom calls a day. That's so hard. And then when I meet with my peers for like school related stuff, I want to make friends. I want to make more friends. I mean, I can't go outside for college, but I can make friends online for college. Um, I have to also be that charming, funny, energetic person. Which is fine, because it feels very natural to be that person, like I am that person. However, I also know that there is a performative element. Every time you're in a social interaction, there's a performative element to how you are existing and responding. We all know that. That's just life. So sometimes I do act a bit peppier. Sometimes I do act a bit happier. But what people don't understand is that, like, I am not always that way. And sometimes, when I get really sad, When I get into late night sad boy hours, listening to my Spotify playlist, it's very hard for me to continue to be that person. It's very hard for me to go out of my way to initiate conversations or to post on social media or to talk to my friends when I need help. It's very hard because as outgoing as I am, to the outside world, and as much as I love talking to people and I love getting to know people, as much as I am an extrovert, I'm also an introvert because I need to rest and recharge very much after after I go through that stuff. So, I'm hoping, hoping this makes sense. I'm hoping someone can relate to this. And most of all, I'm hoping that you enjoyed this episode of me rambling. <laughs> Uh, I think it was pretty good. Uh, We're going to cut it off here, which is a little bit sooner than usual. But to my lovely, lovely friends in real life who I haven't seen in almost a year, I love you very much and I miss you. To my friends who I haven't met yet who live somewhere in the world that's far away from me, I love you too. And if I don't talk to you, listen to this episode and remember that I'm probably just sad. And to all of my listeners who are in anywhere that isn't the place that I live, um, to everyone in Germany, Canada... Oh my gosh, Pakistan, everyone in Spain, like everyone. If I didn't list your country, don't feel bad. I can't remember the list of countries off the top of my head. But to all of you, you're fantastic and I adore you. Thank you for listening. It's so cool that you're listening to me. (laughs) Um, And yes, I I hope that you understand people with anxiety just a little bit more, or at the very least you understand me a little more. So stay safe, wash your hands, eat some good food, and I will see you in the next episode. Bye.